0: Chapter 40 Wounded Sheik? Link dropped the Master Sword, bracing himself in an effort not to stumble as he held Sheik in his arms. Her face was tight with pain as she looked down at the blade in her side. Crimson seeped between her fingers, dripping onto the sand that greedily soaked it up. Link stood there in shock, his mind still racing. So much was still a confused blur. Too much had happened. He'd murdered a Gerudo. Self-defense or not, the knowledge of what he'd done sickened him to the core. What else had happened? The Gerudo had turned on their allies and their king. They'd killed Ganondorf. Link almost laughed with near hysteria. It was finally over. It was, wasn't it? Link had seen Ganondorf's body vanish before his eyes. But even if he was dead, what of the demon possessing him? Could a fallen deity be killed by nothing more than a blade? It seemed too good to be true, and far too easy. No. Try as he might, Link couldn't ignore the voice that told him that Ganondorf had somehow survived. Too much was happening. Link blinked as the desert wind whipped up a cloud of sand and blew it in his face. Focus. He told himself fiercely. Sheik was injured. How had she even been injured? Blood stained her tabard, soaking into the fabric and leaving it a deep crimson. Too much, Link thought with a sinking feeling of dismay. He didn't know what to do. Sheik, he whispered again. Sheik, what do I do? The wind answered, howling through the night. Somewhere behind them, the sounds of battle clamored through the night air. In the distance, across the broad expanse of the river, the fortress was awash in pale moonlight. Flames flickered above the wall, and thick tendrils of oily smoke rose into the sky. The griffins that had been so eagerly attacking the fortress were gone, and on the river, several barges were aflame. The raging pyres of fire hissed and died as the water swallowed them quenching the wrecks as it did so. It looked like the Mithyrans had lost. Their remaining barges retreating downriver, where they vanished from Link's sight. We did it! Navi breathed. She was staring across the river, unaware of Link's distress. I can't believe we escaped! Link? Navi turned and gasped. The color was draining from Sheik's face, and her teeth were clenched as Link set her down. Link... She whispered, voice weak with pain. We escaped. I told you we would. She smiled faintly, her fierce shaken demeanor lost for just a moment. I never doubted you for a moment, Link replied. You're a terrible liar, she said weakly. Oh dear. Link looked up to see Halvard standing just a short distance away. There was no trace of his usual unsettling grin. This is not good. Not good at all. He quickly strode to Sheik's side, kneeling down beside her and examining the knife. His face became creased with worry as he studied the blade. Sheik? Link asked uncertainly. They had to get the knife out somehow, but without hurting her. How could they manage that? Link didn't know. It has to be done, a voice told him. A Bulbin's knife? Sheik murmured, staring in disbelief as she recognized the runes engraved into the blade's hilt. I was stabbed by a Bulbin? I don't think a Sheikah has ever been stabbed. I... one of those things... before. I think you have more to worry about than just your pride, Sheik," Navi offered. Sheik gave a rueful smile. That makes me feel so much better. Thank you, Navi. That was the closest Link had ever heard her come to sarcasm. Her smile faltered a moment later, as her face tightened in agony. What do I do? Link asked. Take it out, she gasped, her voice thick with pain. The blade is tainted. I can feel it burning inside me. You what? It was a moment before Link grasped the gravity of what she just said. The blade was poisoned. Oh no, he thought. No. He wanted to scream. Damn it, no! Take it out!" Sheik hissed, gripping his tunic. Now! What? Link gasped. Wouldn't that just make things worse? He had nothing to stop the bleeding once he pulled the knife out. You'll have to cauterize the wound, Sheik said through gasps. If you cast fire on the fodder of the Master's Sword till it glows, you can use the- You want me to do what? Link exclaimed, his hands trembling as she grasped hold of him. Do it! She ordered him firmly. I, I can't, Link stammered. He knew how much pain that would cause, and he had no desire to inflict that on her. The smell of burning flesh was not a memory he wanted to relive either. Damn it, Link! she hissed, her face tight with pain. I swear, if I hear those words from you one more time... I'll carve them into your forehead for good measure. I... Uh... Her lips went thin in a tight grimace of pain as a wave of agony shot through her. Just get it out! Link stared, frantic and desperate. They were in the middle of the Gerudo Desert, beyond the farmsteads, and far from aid. Their supplies were limited. They only had what was in the remaining saddlebags. Trembling. Link grasped the hilt of the knife. Sheik looked away, her face tight with pain. Is there another way? Link asked. I don't want to hurt you. There was. Just. don't twist it. Link looked up at Halvard, who busily rummaged through his pack from which he retrieved a clean bandage. Do it! Sheik said weakly. Link sucked in a breath, tensing as he grabbed the weapon's hilt, and then pulled. Sheik groaned as the blade came free, leaving the wound to bleed profusely. Oh goddesses. There was so much blood. Too much. He flung the knife away, tossing it into the sand as though it were a poisonous spider. Faint wisps of smoke rose from the dagger as the blood seemed to soak into the metal itself. Halvard was beside Link in a second, dropping a swath of bandages and a waterskin onto a cloak. Do what you need to with that sword," Halvard instructed him with a nod towards the Master Sword. Quickly, boy, there isn't much time. Link nodded mutely. He quickly made sure he had Impa's ring on, not wanting to scorch himself doing something he had never dreamt of attempting, and then set his mind to the task. With the belt of sages securely around his waist, he closed his eyes and let his mind wander until it touched the distant plains of magic he could sense the essences of water, fire, and earth. He grasped at their flowing threads, focusing on the essence of fire, and then drew it into himself. The power filled him with a warmth that battled the bitter wind. Once he'd drawn enough, he focused on what he wanted to do. As if attuned to his thoughts, fire flowed through his hand and into the hilt of the Master Sword. Link opened his eyes, feeling the hilt grow hot beneath his fingers. As the heat intensified, Instinct told him to drop the blade, and it was an effort not to do so. The faint blue luster of the Master Sword turned to an angry red, glowing brightly until faint tendrils of flames curled out from the blade. They turned blue, and then white. Halvard had cleared Sheik's tabard and clothing around the site of the wound, using his own knife to cut through the layers of clothing. As they had feared, the wound was poisoned. Thin black arterial lines threaded their way across Sheik's skin. Link struggled to keep his breath steady, or stop trembling, as he steeled himself. With an apologetic look at Sheik, at which point she just nodded, Halvard stuffed a cloth in her mouth. She closed her eyes, bracing for what was to come. Link looked at the tendrils of flame licking the steel blade, feeling a nauseating horror at what he was about to do. Make it quick, boy! Halvard barked with no hint of his usual sing-song voice. Link let out a shuddering breath. I'm sorry, Sheik, he whispered. Placing the flat of the Master Sword against the wound, Sheik went rigid, her face tight and her fists clenched. The cloth wasn't enough to stifle her agonized moan. The smell of burnt flesh made Link gag, and it was an effort not to drop the sword. I'm sorry. That's enough, Halbert said. Link removed the Master Sword and let the blade rest. It immediately returned to its ordinary blue luster. Sheik turned on her uninjured side, gasping for breath. Beads of sweat ran down her face in little rivulets. Are… are you alright? Link stammered worriedly as Sheik removed the cloth from her mouth. I've been better, she said hoarsely. Thank you. I'll need to dress the wound quickly, Halvard said. Halvard wrapped the cloth bandages around her waist. Sweat beaded down Sheik's face, and her breathing was still troubled. She only stayed awake a moment before she slipped into unconsciousness. Is she going to be okay? Link asked Halvard as he slid Sheik's garment back over the wound, hiding the bandages. It's too early to tell. Without fairy magic, deep wounds to the abdomen can poison the blood, causing a taint that can quickly spread, Halvard said. Healing a wound using a method such as the one we just used is not ideal either. Not unless there is a healer nearby. At his words, Link wondered whether he had really managed to help her, or if he just made things worse. There were no healers out here in the desert. The Gerudo might have one, but they had their own problems right now. It was a slim chance, but... Would we be better off going back to the fortress for help? he asked. Don't be a fool, boy, Halvard said, his voice harsh. He calmed himself a moment later, looking over at the distant fortress. To Link's surprise, he sighed deeply and added. Even without Ganondorf's curse, Sheikah are not well-liked by most Gerudo. If we bump into the wrong ones, they'll kill her. If the Blins flee the fortress, which they most likely will, then we run the risk of encountering them. No, I have another idea. There's a great fairy in a cave near the Desert Colossus. We can head there. But at the moment, the horses will not make it far without collapsing from exhaustion. You mean, we just have to wait and see if she'll be okay? Link asked angrily. Yes, Havard replied flatly. You won't be much help to Sheik by getting yourself killed. And seeing as I just rescued you... I intend to make sure both of you remain alive. That's comforting, Link said quietly, speaking more to Navi than Halvard. He still didn't trust the man, not entirely. There was too much he didn't know, except that Halvard had a strange fascination with powerful masks, capable of causing unparalleled misery and destruction. Can we try to heal her? Link asked, inexperienced though he might be in healing magic. He was willing to try and make it work. Don't you think I would have suggested that if it were possible? Halvard snapped. No, you cannot. And why not? Link demanded, his tone fierce. The angry glint in Halvard's eyes almost made Link recoil. Do you even know anything about healing magic? He demanded. You should know the dangers of meddling with powers you do not understand. Many majors have died trying to master it. Sometimes because they acted out of desperation. Died? Link asked, shocked. What do you mean? Halvard sighed and looked away from him. It can work any one of three ways. The most common method is to draw on the strength of the injured person. This speeds up the healing process but uses the body's own reserves to do so. Naturally, this leaves the patient weakened considerably. The second is for the mage to draw on their own strength, which often requires more than a single healer. The third method is to draw strength from another living thing, a practice many find abhorrent. Link shivered, feeling a strange chill creep down his spine. So we can't try then. No, we can't. Besides, it requires drawing on multiple elements of the flow, and with two elements still tainted, the results could be disastrous." Halvard answered him gravely. Then he sighed again and added, I'll keep watch and wake you in a few hours. We need shelter, Navi said. We're too exposed here. The sky was clear, and moonlight still bathed the desert. Navi was right. Halvard seemed to consider the fairy's words for a moment. Then he nodded and said, A fair point. Quickly surveying the surrounding dunes, he pointed to the strange rock formation that rose out of the desert sand nearby. To Link, they resembled the teeth of a stone giant. There, Halvard continued, the Gerudo used to use those rock formations as settlements from time to time. Gerudo peddlers and tinkers mainly but I doubt we'll run into either of those two groups. Tinkers? Link asked. He'd never heard of a group by that name. Nomadic Gerudo tribes, Halvard answered. They forsook the way of the warrior and accepted the more peaceful doctrine of the goddess Elin. In a way, they are not all that different from the Kokiri. I doubt they'll come close to the capital, but... He paused for a moment and then, enough of that boy. Help me get Sheik into the saddle!" Without another word, Link helped him place the wounded Sheikah in Ipona's saddle. Much to Link's relief, the mare did not fuss. It was as though she could sense something was wrong with Sheik, and she even crouched down to help him lift her up into the saddle. Once Sheik was secure, Link led Ipona by the reins towards the rocks. Their pinnacles rose steeply into the sky, like dozens of ancient towers that stood watch over the desert. The rocks were honeycombed with small rooms, intricately carved out of the cave walls or fashioned from existing caverns. The small ash-laden pits and chimneys cut into the rock were the only signs that anyone had lived here in recent years. Link placed Sheik on his bedroll, worry gnawing at him as he wondered if she would be alright. He lay down on the other side of the room, using his cloak as a blanket. Their shelter was by no means comfortable, but it would keep them out of the weather, and away from prying eyes. At least he could use his saddlebag as a pillow. He stared back at Sheik, only just able to make out her listless form in the darkness. Halvard? Link asked, thinking of something. Halvard was looking out of the entrance of the shelter, staring towards the Gerudo fortress. Hmm? He half turned, his eyes not straying from the distant fortress. You should be sleeping. Perhaps I should get a fire going. The Gerudo come and go from these settlements so frequently, they wouldn't think much of it. How did you heal me? You know, when you found Navi and I the last few times, I I was injured, Link asked. The words threatened to open a floodgate of memories he did not want to revisit. Halvard was quiet for a moment, as if considering his words carefully. I had a fairy. I retrieved her from the Fairy Spring in Death Mountain. She summoned Elysia for me on both occasions, though neither of you would have recognized her. She keeps herself disguised for obvious reasons. A great fairy with her power? Ganondorf would have sent his minions to kill her or enslave her. She could have told me it was her, Navi muttered. Few secrets are safe from a telepath. You would have no doubt been forced to divulge every secret you hold if the Gerudo kept you captive for much longer. It was only at Avil's insistence that it was too risky that you weren't dragged straight off to Castletown. Or what's left of it. What happened to the fairy? Link asked. There had to be a reason Halvard hadn't considered summoning Alicia again. The witches took her, Halvard said, without meeting their eyes. Navi gasped, and Link looked down at the ground. There was little doubt as to what happened to the poor sprite. You used her, Navi said quietly, sounding shocked and angry. She came willingly, the masked man replied flatly. You should be glad she did, or else your friend would not be here. Link looked away from his unnerving blue eyes. When Navi didn't speak, he noticed she was still staring at the man horror-struck. Did you see the other fairy? Link asked her. I did, but if I'd known she'd been taken from Alicia's home… Navi trailed off, still looking disgusted. You don't think… Halvard used its life force so he could heal you? There was a time when the Sheikah did that to my kind. It was a long time ago. How? Link whispered, horrified by the idea. He kept an eye on Halvard, making sure that the man wasn't listening. He was too busy trying to get a fire started from what little kindling he could find. The only vegetation around here seemed to be thin and prickly, not ideal burning material. Sprites like me are or were, great fairies," Navi said. What? Link looked at her skeptically. But you don't even look remotely like one. I was a little piece of one, not that I remember it," Navi explained. Our forms were shattered, and each fairy took on a distinct personality over time. Some great fairies possessed very potent healing magic. They are still around. All but several of them were shattered. Sheikah healers would drain their life force, siphoning their powers, and… The final words died on her tongue. But Link already knew enough to know where she'd been going. Halvard chose that third option. That idea sent a wave of sickening revulsion through Link. The idea that the Masked Man could have even considered taking the life of another to heal him was abhorrent. He felt a sudden urge to get up and demand the truth from the man. Had he lied about Alicia healing him? Had he simply taken a fairy from the fountain on Death Mountain and killed it? Link's outrage flickered and died faster than the pitiful fire Halvard was busily trying to start. No. He still felt disgusted, but he knew his fury wouldn't get him anywhere right now. Perhaps there'd be a time to confront him about it, and now it didn't seem appropriate. Get some sleep, Link. Navi said at last. I'm sorry, perhaps I said too much. No, you didn't. Link quickly assured her. That's not the only thing I'm worried about. You think the Gerudo will come after us? Navi spoke his thoughts aloud. Yes, Link said. Avil will probably send some of her people to help us, but driving out the Blins will take time, Alfred said. Apparently he'd heard that much of Link's and Navi's conversation. We can discuss this later. I suggest you sleep. It will be a long ride in the morning. Link slumped against his saddlebag again and drifted into a dreamless slumber. What felt like seconds later, Link woke to a startled cry. Blinking and disoriented in the darkness, he scrambled and clawed the stone for his sword. Sure for a moment that they had been found by something unfriendly. A bright light stabbed his eyes and he groaned. Navi? It's Sheik, Navi whispered, sounding frightened. What? Link looked over to where Sheik lay and his insides nodded in fear. Sheik was thrashing in her sleep, moaning incoherently. What's wrong with her? Link turned with a start to wake Halvard. The man was already awake, summoning a small sphere of light to brighten their small cave. What's wrong with her, Link demanded. Halvard quickly moved over to Sheik, kneeling down beside her. He placed a hand on her forehead. She didn't stir. Then he lifted the cloth covering the wound. It wasn't a pleasing sight, and Link felt an overwhelming urge to be sick. It wasn't just the sight that bothered him. The wound smelled foul and corrupted. It's exactly what I feared, Halvard said calmly. Hold her, while I redress the wound." Link complied without a word, grasping both of Sheik's shoulders as Halvard tended to her. "'We need to get her to the Desert Colossus,' Halvard said as he finished. "'If the Great Fairy isn't home, then we can warp to Kakariko Village and get help.' Link wasn't even sure if Sheik had that long. She was shivering now, murmuring something incoherent. "'Gather your things,' Halvard said, his voice firm. Go. Link turned and ran out of their small dwelling to secure his gear to Epona's saddle. The desert surrounding the mysterious rock formations was pitch black and smothered in a deep silence. Light still shone from the fortress, but there were no more fires. That was a good sign at least. Halvard came after him. Holding Sheik, he clambered down the stairs in the rock and over to Epona. Once Sheik was securely in Epona's saddle, Halvard mounted his own horse and took the lead. Soon the river and the Grudo fortress were far behind them. Dawn soon crept up over the horizon. As the sun crested the distant mountain peaks, the vibrant yellow and golden light made it seem as though the desert was on fire. As far as Link could see, there were dunes and pillars of rocks that jutted out of the sand like fingers of stone. No sooner had the sun inched over the eastern mountains than the temperature began to climb, and Link was dripping with sweat, his garments clinging to him. When a soft breeze began to blow across the sands, Link was relieved. It offered some reprieve from the heat, but not a lot. Then the breeze became a terrible, howling gale that whipped the desert sand across both Steed and rider. He soon learned to appreciate why the Gerudo wore scarves. The sand found its way into everything. It was in his tunic, his gauntlets, shoes, boots, and even his undergarments to his immense irritation as the desert winds rose to a crescendo. The tiny grains of sand even stung his eyes. Avil had thankfully left scarfs in the saddlebags so he wouldn't end up inhaling half a sand dune. They tried to keep going, knowing Sheik may not have long. She slipped in and out of consciousness, murmuring incoherently, her breathing ragged. "'We'll make it,' Link said softly. "'We're halfway there.' Ipona couldn't move quickly in the gale of wind and sand, and their pace was soon reduced to a steady crawl. It was bad enough that Ipona wasn't used to traveling on such a soft surface, even after the Gerudo had given her a little practice. Halvard's animals seemed to practically dance on the sand, managing a far more graceful stride than Ipona. When she shook her mane, frisking after having almost slipped, she loosened a cloud of sand that splashed straight into Link's face. This Link spat out sand as he tried to speak. This is useless, he spat out more sand. We're not going to get far in this, more sand got in his mouth. We need to find shelter. I think you were right, Halvard called back. Keep up, I will find something. A rocky outcrop, similar to the one they had camped in during the night, served as their shelter. At least it was cooler in the small cave, and the nooks in the rock formation offered enough room to shelter the horses. As he sat in their shelter with Halvard and Navi, Link propped himself against the stone. He stared at Sheik, frustrated that they could not go any further until the storm ended. Removing his shoes one at a time, he emptied out the sand. He took off his hat next, unleashing another flurry of sand as he ruffled his untidy hair. "'You know you're just going to get more of that on you?' Navi asked, emerging from Link's pocket and shaking sand from her wings. "Yeah." But I intend to be rid of at least some of it," Link said. I feel like I'm going to be shaking sand off of myself for the rest of my life. Navi chuckled. Easy for you, he muttered. You can just hide. Don't you like getting sand on your wings? When she didn't stop chuckling, he threw his hat at her. It missed, falling on the floor. They fell into an uncomfortably long silence as they waited for the storm to pass. Gradually, it did. Halvard said these storms didn't last long, and they were sometimes the result of a war, meant to keep outsiders away from the Desert Colossus. It was possible that Ganondorf had set up safety measures to ensure the temple was protected. It was the source of the witch's power, and controlling it had allowed them to brainwash the Gerudo, so it made sense he wouldn't leave it defenseless. Rising from his uncomfortable position, as the storm finally exhausted itself, his eyes gritty from sand, Link stretched his cramping muscles and then scrambled from their cave. Trying to clear his eyes of sand, he climbed down the stairs to where they'd left Upona and the other horse. Reaching her, Link pulled on her reins, leading her back to the entrance of the cave so he could get Sheik back in the saddle. How much further do we have to go? He looked out at the desert. As if hoping to find the answer and saw something he didn't expect. Less than twenty feet in front of him was a tree. Not any tree. Golden dapples of light danced in its enormous canopy, but he could hear no animals calling or chirping from amidst the branches. That should have told him something was wrong. Too stunned to realize this, his eyes traveled from the gnarled branches and down the trunk until he saw a face carved into the tree like the work of a master woodcarver. It was the Great Deku Tree. Link closed his eyes. No. The heat was getting to him. He was seeing things. When Link opened his eyes again, the tree was still there. The tree spirit touched his mind, its ancient consciousness conveying both wisdom and power. It really was the Great Deku Tree. No, Link thought. I'm going mad." He'd picked a truly terrible time to go mad. More trees appeared behind the ancient forest guardian, and then Link was certain he was back in the forest. Had he slipped into some kind of dream? Like his visions of the sacred realm? Great Deku Tree? Link gasped, mind numb with shock. You're... you're alive! What? He didn't realize Navi had flown to his side. She'd been busily yelling at him, waving her hand across one eye. Hey, listen! Snap out of it! You're not going crazy on me! Can't you see it? He asked Navi, gesturing at the forest. It's the Great Deku Tree! Link? Link? Navi's eyes widened in alarm. What are you talking about? Haven't you had enough water or something? Link... The tree spirit's emotions flowed into Link's mind. Sending a wave of anger and disappointment through the bond. You promised... You would protect them. Why did you leave? The pain in that voice was like a dagger twisting into Link's heart. You abandoned them. You swore to protect those who could not protect themselves. And instead... You fled. There was anger in the forest spirit's voice. Link gazed into its expressionless face, confused and hurt. Those stinging words didn't sound like something the Great Deku Tree would say. I. I. Link stammered, a painful lump rising in his throat. I left because you told me to, Link wanted to reply, but he could not bring himself to speak. Boy, can you hear me? A man shouted from somewhere behind him, but Link didn't reply. You told me to leave, Link murmured. I had to leave to protect the forest. You abandoned the Kokiri. The voice in his mind boomed. You were gone too long. You abandoned the girl in the fortress. You left her to die. No, Link said, his voice hoarse. Link, snap out of it already!" came Navi's shrill shout, but Link barely heard her, shame burning through him from the Great Deku Tree's words. "'I tried,' he whispered, his voice pained. "'I promise. I will do my best, but I cannot do this alone!' He couldn't protect everyone, even if he was the hero of time. He'd learned that the hard way, when even Mido died, when Saraya was almost killed. You failed them, the accusation cut deeply. I, I didn't, Link said weakly. Something was wrong and some rational part of his mind screamed as it tried to smack him back to reality without success. The great Deku Tree would never say such hurtful things, it told him. Link's blood ran cold as the air in front of the tree rippled. Then before him stood five Kokiri, Mido amongst them. Mido? Link choked. Why did you let me die? Mido asked, his voice quiet, sorrowful. Link wished the boy had shouted or hit him like that fateful day when he left the forest. That would have been easier to bear. You left? You abandoned us before our village was attacked. Bryn accused him. Stop, I beg of you. Link's plea fell on deaf ears. You let them attack us. You let the Desert Man destroy our homes, Fado said, her eyes bright and accusing. Link scrambled back, desperate to get away from the angry Kokiri. Hey, stop ignoring me. I don't know what you can see. It's not real. A fairy shouted angrily from nearby. You left us. You abandoned us. You let us die, the Kokiri said in unison. Suddenly, Soraya appeared, eyes burning with a hatred that seemed to twist and distort her youthful face. There was a knife in her hand. Soraya stepped forward, blade raised. Link gasped. Something cold slammed into his face. He blinked, instantly recognizing the round edges of a mask's eye holes. The Great Deku Tree and the Kokiri vanished, replaced by the harsh desert dunes. Link blinked, swallowing back the tears. He was shaking violently, and he wanted to be sick. As he grabbed the mask, desperate to rip it free of his face, someone grabbed his hand. "'Don't take that off!' Hubbard was staring at him with deep concern. Forgive me, I should have expected this. Long ago, along with the sandstorms, the Gerudo used illusions to ward off people who got too close to their temple. I had no idea that the wards that created them had been recast. It should have been obvious. Are you alright? What did you see? I don't want to talk about it, Link mumbled looking away from the man as he blinked back more tears that threatened to spill down his cheeks. He doubted Halvard would understand. The man sighed. Whatever you saw, it wasn't real. It might have hurt, but that's what it was designed to do. Believe me, I've seen magic do some very warped things. Even masks. He grimaced, his eyes turning away from Link. Why weren't you and Navi affected? Link asked hoarsely, swallowing. I am Sheikah. As for Navi, I imagine her fairy magic protects her, Halvard answered without looking at him. Hylians are particularly sensitive to some forms of magic. Come on, we need to get Sheik help. That is a really creepy mask, Navi said. Navi... Don't make me take it off, Link said irritably. Sorry. She still stared at it, even as Link glared through the eye slits. What is it exactly? She asked Halvard. The Mask of Truth. Impa urged me to carry it in case I needed it, he answered. So as long as you wear it, you will be protected from the illusions. Should you feel an overwhelming urge to remove the mask, I suggest you don't. I don't know how the magic of the Desert Colossus will affect you the closer we get to the temple. I always thought the Great Fairy of the Desert was a little whacked, Navi muttered. Why do you say that? Link asked. He was surprised that Navi would ever speak ill of any of the Great Fairies, especially given their conversation the previous night. Well, who in their right mind would want to live somewhere that makes you see things and go crazy? She asked. They say the same thing about the Lost Woods, Navi, Halvard told her. Not all the forest spirits are benevolent to outsiders. Link winced. Halvard's words were an uncomfortable reminder of the vision he'd witnessed, and it struck far closer to home than he wanted to admit. Yeah, well those wards are there for a good reason, Navi said. I fail to see what the reason for protecting somewhere like this would be. "'Don't let Gerudo catch you saying that,' Alfred said. "'Not that I expect that we will run into any just yet.' "'And what makes you say that?' Link asked. "'They no longer have a king. "'Until their region is appointed, they will be in disarray,' he answered. "'A pilgrimage to the Desert Colossus will not be high on their priorities. "'As for their tinker folk, they are unlikely to venture to a temple dedicated to a faith that they abandoned.' Do you think Ganondorf's dead? Link asked, looking earnestly at Navi and Halvard. They both stared at him skeptically, and then Navi gave him a pitying look. Why? She asked, her tone suggesting that this wasn't something she wanted to discuss. It's been on my mind ever since we escaped the fortress, when Avil stabbed him. I doubt it, Halvard said slowly. Link felt exasperated. He was run through the chest. I fail to see how he could possibly survive that. Between the Triforce of Power and the spirit that possesses him, he's well protected. Helvard paused at the dark look on Link's face and added, protected from most things. Including being stabbed? Link asked, exasperated. Only one blade can harm him the ancients can only be destroyed by one to whom the power of the Triforce has been given." Halvard stared at the hilt of the Master Sword. You said you fought one before, Navi said. How did you kill it if you didn't have the Master Sword? It wasn't me, Halvard said with a grimace. His face grew troubled at the memory. It took a long time to realize that only a bearer of the Triforce, or a part of it, can kill one of the ancients. I believe that was why the goddesses left it here. If Hyrule were ever threatened by the ones who were exiled from their realm, a chosen few could protect Hyrule from that evil. You still haven't said who killed the demon, Navi said. If it wasn't you, then who was it? Something tells me it wasn't Ganondorf. And if only someone with the Triforce can slay an ancient, that leaves only Zelda. She looked at him more seriously then. You've seen her, haven't you? I haven't, Halvard answered quickly. Perhaps Impa and Sheik have seen her. Both of them are Sheikah with connections to the royal family. They were the ones who brought the troublesome mask back to me. He paused, as if contemplating memories he didn't enjoy revisiting. His eyes turned to Sheik, and he straightened. We shouldn't delay much longer. Besides, I think you've had enough of this place. Yeah, Link thought irritably. I have. They kept going, the heat no less unbearable. Epona was struggling before long, and so was Halvard's horse. Can't we just play the Song of Storms and be done with it? Link whined after another hour of baking in the hot sun. He couldn't take much more of this. He was drenched in sweat, feeling as though someone had just thrust him into the heart of Death Mountain's crater and was dangling him over a lava pit. Navi sighed. How many times do you want me to tell you, if you do that... Every Blin in 50 miles will be on top of us. It won't matter if we're dead, Link replied, irritated. And I want to take this damned thing off my face. He gestured at the mask he was wearing. It was making it very hard to see out of his periphery. Goddesses help him if he had to use his sword while wearing this damnedable mask. You know you can't do that, Navi said sympathetically. Link wished she was wrong. He kept glancing down at Sheik. Her face was flushed, and she looked like she was roasting alive beneath her clothing. Odd. Weren't the Sheikah less sensitive to heat than the Hylians? He placed a hand on her head, wincing. Her forehead was hot, almost as if it were on fire. Fever, he thought. Oh no. Soraya had told him how serious a fever could be. In the woods, he might have been able to find some herbs to help bring the fever down, Water wouldn't have been a problem either. Sheik's eyes fluttered open, seemingly confused at the mask staring down at her. Sheik, can you hear me? Link asked. We're not far from the Desert Colossus. She didn't respond beyond a murmur, and Link kept going, desperate to reassure her, and himself. We'll get the Great Fairy to help you. Thirsty. Sheik croaked. Need... "'Water...' "'We're nearly there,' Link assured her, but he looked up with worry. They'd drained over half their water skins. "'Is she all right?' Halvard asked, bringing his horse up alongside Ipona. "'Sheik needs water,' Link replied grimly. He brought Ipona to a halt as Halvard placed a hand on her forehead and closed his eyes. "'She has a fever,' he murmured. "'This is a problem.' "'You can help her, right?' Link asked, desperate. Halvard nodded. There's a waterhole not far from here. It should do for now. Link followed Halvard across the sand dunes. Once they reached the crest of the next dune, they spotted an oasis not far away. It stood in stark contrast to the rolling sand dunes around it, surrounded by patches of long, tough grass and short pine trees. He almost thought it was another illusion, and had to touch the mask to remind himself it wasn't. Link almost tried to prod Epona into a gallop, but he knew that doing so would only make Epona stumble. Once they reached the oasis, he scanned the surrounding dunes for any sign of Gerudo or Blin. There were none, and even if someone did appear, the bushes were tall enough that Link's small party could easily hide in them for a time. We're only an hour from the Desert Colossus, said Halvard, as he led his horse beside the water. You've been here before? Link asked. Once, Some obnoxious Poe gave me the wrong directions, Alfred replied. Alas, he fled before I could tell him what I thought of him. They placed Sheik by the waterhole, and Link quickly filled their water skins. As he knelt before the water, he jerked back in shock, barely stifling a scream. Realizing he'd been spooked by his own mask, he mentally smacked himself, muttered a few colorful variants of the word idiot, and then peered back at the water. A white mask reflected off the cool, rippling surface of the waterhole. There was a single enormous red-rimmed eye with a golden iris and three triangles adorning the appendage. The mouth was painted with broad red lines, giving it a downright creepy edge. He raised a hand to pull it off, his fingers just touching the wood when he remembered Halford's warning. Don't take it off, he reminded himself. He quickly remembered Sheik, cursed himself for his negligence. And ran back to her. He pressed the water skin, full now, against Sheik's lips. Her eyes fluttered open and she swallowed as he urged her to drink. A minute later, she threw up the meager few mouthfuls of water, upending the water into the sand. Link helped her on her side, waiting as Sheik finished being sick. She groaned, rolling onto her back, and then going still, listless. What are we going to do? Link asked Navi, Noting that Sheik's skin was turning a nasty shade of grey. She's dying, isn't she? Frustration welled up inside him. She'd saved him on more than one occasion. He owed it to her to save her just this once. He remembered how Impa had reacted when Sheik almost died during the encounter with Ganondorf in the forest. How would she react if Sheik really died? Halvard crouched down beside them. She still has time he said quietly. The moment the horses have had their fill of water, we will move. One look at Sheik's flushed face, Link wasn't sure he agreed that they had enough time. At Navi's suggestion, he doused her with water, soaking the cowl in bandages. At least in the wind, it would cool her a little, and they would be moving quickly. That was when he first noticed something glowing through the bandages on Sheik's left hand. Something golden, and shaped oddly like a triangle, What is that? It looked very familiar. Navi peered over his shoulder to see what the matter was, and then gasped. That looks like... The symbol glowing through the wrappings on Sheik's hand looked identical to the Triforce. One piece burned brighter than the rest. Is that... That looks like the Triforce! Link exclaimed, reluctantly and carefully. He drew back the bandages on Sheik's hand. A faint moan escaped Sheik's lips, but her hand didn't so much as twitch. The scar on Link's hand prickled, and then he drew in a breath as he drew back the last of the bandages. It... Navi's voice caught in her throat as Link stared in shock. It is part of the Triforce. What are you doing, boy? Halvard broke off abruptly as he spotted the mark on Sheik's hand. It can't be! You didn't know? Link asked. No, Halvard's voice was hushed, you better hope Ganondorf doesn't know either. I thought Zelda was the one who bore the Triforce of Wisdom. And so far as anyone knows, she isn't in Hyrule. What happens if Sheik dies while she bears the Triforce of Wisdom? I don't know. Rauru might have known, but she was forced to flee the royal court. Unfortunate though it may be, such is the fate of a royal bastard. What do you mean? Navi and Link asked, before the latter added. What's a bastard? He'd called Ganondorf one, but in truth, he hadn't fully understood the meaning behind the insult. Later. Both Halvard and Navi answered. Halvard sounded firm, but Link could still hear the surprise in Navi's voice. He caught Navi's gaze and she shook her head. Now's not the time. Still baffled by Navi's startled reaction to Halvard's words, Link just nodded. If we don't save Sheik, Halvard said, voice grim, things will get a lot worse. That really doesn't make me feel better. They quickly ran back to the horses, carrying Sheik and placing her gently back in the saddle. Just hang on, Sheik, Link thought, urging Epona to move once again. She didn't like being forced away from the waterhole, but she complied after some gentle coaxing. Sheik's short gasping breaths were making him worried. They didn't have long. Epona made the crest of the hill and in the distance Link could finally see a towering structure built amidst a rocky hill. Unlike the rock formations they had passed earlier, this one resembled a solid stone table. Navi called it a mesa. When they noted the wall that ringed the rocky mound and the flags adorning the nearby road, they realized what they were looking at. That's it! Navi yelled excitedly. That's the Desert Colossus. The Great Fairy is somewhere there. Somewhere? Link asked, wanting a better answer than that. Don't worry. One of the fairies in the fountain can summon her if she isn't home. I hope you're right, Link told Navi. He looked down at Sheik. Her breathing was getting worse, making Link painfully aware of just how little time they had left. Just hang in there, Sheik.